Welcome to episode 172 of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we discuss recent bad takes by Mike Florio and Brady Quinn, debate the eight versus nine game scheduling, the latest round of fan speak, where we interpret what a coach actually means with his coach speak, Colorado back to the Big 12, question mark, and the top five fake bowl games. At the end, as always, we will answer listener questions. This episode, of course, is brought to you by Texas Pete. You can find the show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com, Apple, and Spotify. Join us for the live recording of the show every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Find clips from the show on all social media for Saturday Down South at SDS, at SatDownSouth1 on YouTube, and of course at CFB underscore Uncensored. How's everybody doing? There's the cold open for you. William Gray in the house. What's up, fellas? Uh, Marler Volunteer Security Officer B. Diesel in the house. What's going on here? We're waiting for Marler, but as we wait, we got the Lady Knowles playing the Lady Vols here in the Women's College World Series. I don't know what's going on, but how's everybody doing? It's been a while. Going through some life transitions, so I haven't been able to make it every week, and I had a major flu last week. Good to see everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We're waiting for Marler a little bit. Yeah, I saw Ben Diesel get in the mix on Twitter with uh, the whole Marler and uh, he who shall not be named. Guys, we're we're uh we're hitting the dead of summer here, which means that we are creeping ever closer to the first weekend of college football. Just in a couple months. Uh UGA's new baseball hire. I know pitching coach at LSU, I think he came from the twins the year before. Um oh what a stop at second base for the Knowles. Um yeah, supposedly it was a great hire for LSU last year. I'm not sure exactly how good LSU's pitching was this year. Um, but, uh, yes, I did have the actual flu. It was probably the worst sickness I've had in years, and including the couple times I've had COVID. It was worse. I honestly felt like how I thought COVID would feel. Uh, I felt like I was in like a three-round boxing match with Tyson where he was just solely beating my ribs. Uh, all my joints hurt and I was coughing so hard that my lip, my ribs hurt. Um, I did what finally knocked it out for me was the Tamiflu. So, uh, that's, that's good. Uh, from you, Ben Diesel there, highly recommended Tamiflu. Unfortunately, I waited till like day four or day five to actually take Tamiflu, but I'm feeling better. You may hear me cough throughout this episode. I still got some stuff in my chest. Um, and it's going around right now. My, my kids uh, had strep first, or my daughter did, and then gave my wife, me, and my dad uh, all influenza A is what we were diagnosed with. So it was fun. Um, but yes, everyone's healthy now. Appreciate everyone asking. And uh, we're going to be getting into this soon. 
Um, oh yeah. If you have kids and they are in, um, daycare or school of any sort, you're, you're going to get sick. It's just going to happen. Chris, what has happened to your hair? <laughs> Don't buzz that, dude. Right. I did the cold open. So we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, there you go. What I miss? No, I just did the cold open. And now I'm chatting with uh, Ben Diesel about uh, the flu, and uh, people were asking about the new UGA baseball coach, which is, uh, is LSU's, LSU's pitching coach who just came over from the Twins before this year. Oh yeah, he's having a just a career plummet, huh? I mean, major I leagues and then LSU. Now he's one of the worst team in the SEC East. Head coach, though. Head coach is right. Um, I, yeah, I have no idea. I don't really keep up. Like I watched college baseball this weekend, but I didn't really. I don't really keep up with um, all of it. Well, shall we dive into the uh, the episode here? Program the program the program. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, and recently shaved head, which I think it looks good. Chris Marlin. This picture is not doing it justice. It looked really good in the video the other day. I don't care how that sounds. Also, I moved. You have a good uh, hairline. I know, thank you. Also, I'm not going to say that on on air, but... um, you see my distinguished guest that has made the trip with me to my new place. Pepper? This is going breaking news here. Come here. Ho, 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 ho. What is that? Pepper came with me. Wait, is that is Pepper yours now? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's how you do it, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, for those that don't follow Chris on his social, which I don't know why you would. Yeah, wouldn't always a basket of joy. Um, people are wondering, where did you move? I'm not telling you all that. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, playing it close to well, so like ever since that one psychopath was like threatening to find me and and like fight me or whatever because of him being wrong about tweets, I, like I, I just you know, I'm gonna. Probably keep the old address and stuff like that close. To well, I, I, I wasn't gonna give your address per se. Just you know. Well, that's the only way I know. What, got. Like, yeah. Well, let's just say it this way. Uh, you don't live in Georgia anymore. No, I don't. Okay. I had to move out of that state. Just tired yeah. of tired of hearing about Kirby. Tired of hearing about all the dogs. Too many championships, man. The two was too many to me, for to be honest. Um. Uh, no, people are wondering in the chat if you stole Pepper. I didn't steal Pepper. I, so I don't know if she's technically going to be mine forever. Uh, but I do know her mom and my former roommate was like, you should just take Pepper. And I was like, I don't know if this is a joke or not. This isn't very funny. Very triggering response considering the last. Uh, and, then she, and then it was a joke, but you had already left with her. So No, so I wasn't like, I really wasn't going to. And then I was like, oh. And then she let her out of the cage. Like as I was like leaving, Tiger got out of the cage, man. Tiger got out of the cage. Also, I don't like this chair angle because it makes me look like I have like one of those like neck rolls from like the '90s linebackers oh. that would wear. Just like, well, that's kind of sick though. That's it though. 
It's not Shreveport. I mean, maybe not, not a lot of like in Shreveport. No, but it's been it's been a good move. And we had uh, we had like a kind of a busy weekend. Like you, so you got sick last week at like what I would say is probably the worst timing. I also looking back on it, I think I was probably how do I put this? Um, losing my fucking mind over the reactions people are having to spring not even media days, spring meetings. It's just I feel like the, the I feel like the timeline for like not only pro but college is in terms of like Pate was has always been on this about no yeah. off season. It's like every year it feels like we just get something to get mad about earlier right. and earlier and earlier. Now it's the spring meetings, which I mean, five years issue. ago, no one even knew happened. It has never been an issue. They do this every year. It's always the most lackluster, boring shit. Stop watching the Braves. It's or, not the Braves. What is it? It's Florida State, Tennessee softball. Oh, actually, watch that. Yeah, for sure. We have a good hairline. Um, no, it is. It is like so. We we can get into it. Like I, like there's because there was there was a, wait. That, we'll get that in a second. We got we got segments. Remember, Chris, we got this right, segmented yeah. out. That's right. We we will get to that though. But how was your weekend outside of you being horrendously angry online about the nine games? Schedule? <laughs> I was like, I got better about it. But on <laughs> Thursday, I was irate. Um, no, it was good. We uh, I sat here. I, I watched a bunch of college baseball games. Saturday's baseball slate was incredible. Just like some of the best college baseball games, baseball games in general that I've seen in forever. Um, had uh, this was before like all like the bad weather stuff like that. The Tennessee Clemson game was incredible. We have to talk about. That was like how a, about, a. How about the dude getting ejected, uh, the center fielder, and like the thirteenth inning for just like how many things would I be ejected <laughs> I from? You'd be getting ejected said, from every if the case. Was showing emotion, like I wouldn't. It'd be a daily thing. Yeah, you would never be in any game. I do want to say this, and I, and I meant to bring <clears> it up <throat> as soon as we got on the air, but I I wanted to take a second um, to wish my former co-host and good friend. Uh, Conor O'Gara, who him and his wife had their first child last week. Conor's officially a dad. They had oh, a beautiful awesome. baby girl. Um, he's going to be the best dad. He's a great, great um, dude in general, as all of you guys know. Uh, if you're listening, love everybody. Very happy for you. Very proud of you. You're going to do a great job. Um, and that's it. So I just wanted to, I wanted to save that before we started uh, in, in going any further. So Conor from the other pot as well. But yeah, so the games this weekend, the Tennessee-Clemson game, and, and like Clemsoning is a thing again. Yeah, I'm glad. That's good. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> you guys didn't make the tournament, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, this is the first time in like 40 years we haven't made it. It, it is. It's a rebuilding year. It is. Uh, it's been fun to watch because there's just like like there's this. I don't know if it's every year. I know last year you had like Tommy Tanks and a couple other guys like that, but this year especially, there's just some guys that are like it kind of feels like appointment viewing and like must see TV. Like but Jack. Caglione is incredible to watch, and and like yeah. there's a the kid, the kid from TCU yesterday hit two grand slams in the first two innings. Oh my! God. He hit eleven RBI. He hit three home runs. He had eleven RBIs. <laughs> they just remember when Fernando Tatis Senior hit two grand slams in one inning? No, I don't. That is, I would I would have quit. I would have fired <laughs> immediately for the amount of emotion I would have showed on that. Um, <laughs> and also, it was kind of crazy going back to the Clemson Tennessee thing, like. I'm not saying this in a negative way about Tennessee. I'm genuinely not. Because Tennessee baseball is actually, I think it's done so much for the game. Like, especially the college game. Like, last year, I, I think everyone hated them if you were outside of Knoxville because they were so arrogant and brash. And like, I mean, like, I love the celebrations. I hated uh, Jordan Beck giving, like, like, rounding first and giving the finger to the center fielder. Oh, yeah. That, that was stupid. way too much. But, like, 
they, they did so much of the game. But then the NCAA, as always, th- this is like where I forget that we have the NCAA because it's never around in college football. It rarely shows up in college basketball, like for like, like rules violations and shit. And then all of a sudden they're like, where can we still ruin someone's fun and or life? Baseball. Like the already the most boring sport there is. What if we added a rule that like if you have too much fun, we're going to suspend you and ruin the game? Yeah, as if it's not boring enough. Yeah, it, it, and also it's it's a one game suspension that's you can't you can't appeal. Yeah, well that's stupid. Yeah. So anyway, so let's uh, talk about something else that you uh, got a little triggered about online, and that was Mike Florio's uh, <laughs> string tweets. So for those that don't know him and maybe the context, let's give a little insight here. Yeah. So and Pate was talking about this all weekend, and um, and so I felt like like vindicated and being able to talk about it as well or validated talking about it as well because it was just so I think it was a weird thing. I think all weekend as we talk about with SEC spring meetings, where I understand people are going to overreact. I understand how people are going to react to Saban because people hate Saban and and Bama and there's with good reason. I, I with the Bama part, I get it. I fully get it. I understand that is what the reaction is going to be, no matter what is said. I think we talked about this with Chris Gordy last week. One of the things that bothers me now is that, like, in general with coaches, you saw with Eli Drinkwitz, no matter what you say, it is going to be taken out of context. And and if it's if it's not like, hey, you're amazing, NIL is amazing, I love this, like, you're going to live forever, your favorite team is going to win every game. And then it's like, like, the whole, like, you're complaining about this. There are very real issues with NIL. And, and the reason why is because it is an unregulated system that was put in place by, it's basically like, like I mean, I joked around about it in this video we did this weekend, but it's like, I mean, the NCAA was just like, the dad who was like, I'm, I'm getting some milk and cigarettes, I'll be back. And then just, you know, like, see you later, dude. When, when are we going to be a family again in NCAA? I don't know, when the Angels win the pennant. Like, I, like what the fuck? So... So, so who would have to win the pennant for the NCAA to come back in the story? Uh, well, God, usually the go-to is the Orioles, but shit, they're actually good now. I meant like with football idiot. I should have uh, told that. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, maybe. So, like, but the whole, whole NIL is that it's, and we were talking about this before it was implemented, and you saw people starting to get out ahead of it like early, but that was the first issue was it was legal in some states, it was legal, it was not legal in others. And then you're going to have like a, obviously a, an un, not unfair, but you're going to have a advantage in some states if your state was legalizing it. And then you saw this domino effect go across the country, and then and and it wasn't regulated by the NCAA, it wasn't regulated by, by government or whatever. And so it is a very new, very unregulated, anything goes system, and there are a ton of flaws with it, a ton. That is an objective statement, and by saying that, it doesn't mean. I'm mad because this team has more or this team is doing this. And like, you know, A&M has done a great job because there are no rules. There are no rules. So like if A&M right now is doing a thing where they have their collective, it's it's not associated with their university. So they can start paying kids sooner. And it's also not something like that will have to be tracked or, or like they've been out ahead of all of this from the beginning. And that's, that's what you should be doing. Like it's, that doesn't make it unfair. It makes it like difficult to have any kind of parity or, or like, as with any law that goes into place, like, you know, equality in it. And it doesn't have to be like everyone has the same amount, but there's nothing regulated at all. And I think that if you say that, that's not complaining. That is just stating a fucking fact. I hope you heard it from me. 
because Mike Florio did not. Well, I mean, you tweeted at him, so he maybe he did hear from you. Apparently, it wasn't the right Mike Florio that I tweeted. <laughs> Somebody in the comments, I, so I was I was so heated. But, you know, it's like, I understand it's the um, it's the off season, and you're gonna have dumb comments make uh, whatever. But at the same time, it was it was I think honestly just because the fact that Pate brought it up on his show and read it word for word, it made me feel a lot better. Um, if you if you didn't read the article, this is this is what it was. I'm just uh, picturing some dude named Mike Florio who runs like a meatball shop up in uh, Brooklyn. He's like, "Why? <laughs> what's this college football they talking about?" Hey, listen up, Mike, you sack of shit. Go Jets. Just said about my team's coach. <laughs> it's like, um, and we'll get it. We'll get into all the other stuff too. Like when, it, when like we said, the uh, the eight game conference schedule and stuff like that. But like I said, there are very real issues with with a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. Um, and the NIL stuff is probably at the forefront of where it's an issue with everything. This is the this is the argument that came out of the story that came out. It says Nick Saban keeps fighting against NIL. When Alabama coach Nick Saban first complained about the first complaint about NCAA's still new NIL reality, some thought he was simply firing a warning shot at college football before he exploited the latest device for getting the best possible players and kicking everyone's ass. He absolutely wasn't. He was scared of what NIL would do to his program, his goals, and his legacy, and he's still scared. Saban probably, like, I think there's a very real part of Saban that's worried he's not going to win another championship because of all the changes that are going on. I don't think it's because of NIL. I'll tell you right now, if you think that, if, you're, if your take is, and I've seen this floating around a lot, if your take is, well, now that it's legal everywhere to pay players and, and it, even the playing field, because Saban can't just be buying all the best players, then that's why he's not going to be like Bama's not going to be any good anymore. That is objectively one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. If you think that one Saban was the only one paying players beforehand, or he was throwing out so much cash that that's why he was recruiting so well. One, he's still recruiting very well. And there's not, there's going to be no shortage of money at places that want to win. Like, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just very a weird. It's a very weird take. Anyway, um, he wants to eliminate the advantage of schools in bigger, richer cities and or bigger, richer alumni bases that will ha- become pooling money for NIL collectives. Um, he made a comment about how I have no problem with players becoming employees. I mean, uni- unionize it if you want. Make it uh, like the NFL. It's so he basically the take here. Um, was Saban wants the dollars to be even among all schools so he can go back to using his homespun charm to stack the deck for the home team. What he means is recruiting. Also, this guy is a fantasy football analyst, and whoever let him write this fucking article should be ashamed of themselves because it's one of the dumbest things. Like, it, it, like in, And again, it's the state, I think, of NIL across the country where this is like, like Bama's not going to struggle with NIL. They had the number one recruiting class in the country last year. Georgia's not going to struggle. Like, like bigger schools that are have blue blood uh like ties or, or in like like in phenomenal tradition we said it all last year teams like texas and tennessee and usc and miami they are going to have a field day in the nil era because well miami might not because they tied all their stuff to one person um but like Who's they're, gonna, they're good going to man. thrive in this whole situation and i don't think the sec especially is going to struggle for for money at all for most of the institutions yeah the final part here that was crazy was um, the situation could eventually force Saban to become a Tuscaloosa Judas. 
If he can't whine the desired change into existence, really would anyone be surprised if Saban eventually starts sniffing around one of those schools in one of those states where there's enough money to buy up all the best players and also has to pay him even more than he's currently making? What? Saban's 72 years old. He's going to leave because of NIL. He's going to go to USF, bro. Down there in Florida. It's a rebuild. He's you know. not coming back. This is his whole, it's like Aaron Hamby when she went down the office to Tallahassee. He's not, he's not coming back. Oh, Bobby, what were your thoughts on it? I, I thought it was like such a – I just feel like everything involved with the NIL stuff or, or like the media. No, dude, the players are going to be employees within the next 10 years. All of this, I hate all of it. I hate all of it. We uh, I mean, opened up this, this this box and we it can't close it again. And it's like, I think it's going. I I, I hate to sound drastic and dramatic. I, I kind of worry it's going to ruin the sport. Not nil, but all of the changes because all the changes are happening at once. You did the same yeah. shit forever, and now it's all at once. And you're like, and, and you can't keep up. And it's also this like weird cold war where you're like, just stockpiling teams and, and trying to expand with the Big Ten and the SEC and, and like it is. I don't like it. Well, I used to say that too, when you said that I was like a, you know, complaining too much about the sport, but that's fine. You know, I, I ended up being right. It's cool. I, yeah. So I, you, you were, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I do you think that like, no, I, but everything happens fast these days. That's the problem. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a, uh, we got to have it now. I mean, look like Texas and Oklahoma just got into the sec. Right. What, two, two summers ago. Like it was mm-hmm. when it was first announced. And now they're already like getting a part of being a part of meetings and things like that. We're already talking about adding like five more teams to the, the damn SEC or, or, you know, three other teams to the Big Ten. It's like this right. stuff is that we used to do conference expansion every like it felt like 15 to 20 years. Right. And it was like fun. It made sense because it was like regionally located and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and there's like a lot of like if you think about this, think about this like 25 years ago. OK. That was the first year of the BCS. It's been 25 years. And, and Tennessee and Florida State play for the national championship. Before that, think about how asinine, knowing what we know now with media, and I'm sure it's gotten worse with media. I mean, hell, I'm, I'm in the media. Also, big win today. I got credentialed for media days. See, that means you're Nashville. in the media. Ooh, that? it's in Nashville? Yeah. Uh, so that does mean you're in the media if you got credentialed to be media. I was but no, I mean, like the way media is now. Did you, were you able to check to see if I was credentialed? I'm just going to write my name. I'm going to cross my name out and we're going to alternate days. Oh, okay. I, well, listen, we've seen enough like, like Saved by the Bell and like, and, and kitschy, like dumb movies. We could probably just like, I'll stack you on my shoulders. Yeah. I was about to say, let's get the big trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, first question for the. Um, hey, I'll wear a, I'll wear a top hat. That's like real down low. So you can yeah. see my face. And then we'll be, I'll be wobbling as I try to, as you're trying to hold me up. Like Hasidic Jewish people for no reason. Just like, like, like little rascals. And they came into the bank and like, what? Um, no. So, but I, I do think that it's crazy to think that the sport used to be determined and your fate was determined by writers just voting who they thought was the best and knowing what we know now about opinions and all this other stuff is like, like, like that, I, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. Like the Big Ten would, I would never vote for the Big Ten. (laughs) Like this would be, it is, it's so objectively done. But, and you move into this new era where now everything did seem so backwards since a long time. And just like a lot of stuff, I think in this country is is an overcorrection way too far. And now the NCAA is like, well, we're not going to help out with anything because we don't know what to do. And we weren't doing anything in the first place. So we're not making money off of it. I just, 
you know, we talked about the the conference expansion going to two power conferences, and and yeah. then we and it slowed, so we kind of assumed that it was not going to be that. Like it wasn't going to be just two 20 to 24 team power conferences playing an NFL type schedule. And now I, I think that's what's going to happen just because you're not going to have any other conference like power five conference that is going to be even close to the same like top to bottom talent and, and like depth as the SEC and big 10. No, I mean, any, like we'll talk a little bit later about how the big 12 is um, looking at expanding potentially Colorado and others, but um, no. I don't, I mean, okay. So what's the best team in that conference now? Right. Baylor. Like oh, in the big 12 UCF. It'll be, it'll, it, it might be a fun. It's like, I hate to say this, but like the big 12 will kind like of a be bigger like, action. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be yeah. like a fun, like maction with more on the Big line. Schools. And yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and listen, I think it's, I was thinking about this this morning on my, on my walk, like, like with Pepper, like, I wonder what that's going to look like when, UCF comes in and, and you have, you have, you, cause I was looking at this, uh, this weekend of like the, the most wins in college football the last 10 years. And you look at, um, you look at having teams like UCF and Cincinnati and, and Boise and some of these, some of these teams that are like obviously group of five or group of six, whatever it is. I always mix that up. But like, how long is it going to take for the perception of, of all football fans to take those teams seriously, even though they are now in a conference where you have been taken seriously as like a part of like the power five for so long. Like if UCF wins the, the, the big 12 this year, does that change the perception drastically for most college football fans, like traditional college football fans of the big 12 or of UCF in general? Like, I mean, like outside the yeah. big 12. Yeah, no, I, I would say it probably changes people's opinions on UCF. Maybe gives them a little bit more credibility, even though the big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma, I don't know. You're better at jokes is like what? Me without my hair. So worse? I mean, the Big 12 without... I was going to say worse. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I think... I think. I mean, and Ben Diesel says UCF has the largest student body of any school in the country. We're not going to body shame today. We're not doing that yeah. on this podcast. We don't do that. We don't kink yeah. shame. We don't body shame. None well, of it. We should... I mean, you keep saying the kink shame thing, and I think we need to talk about that. It's, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I just think... I just think I don't think they will get more credibility necessarily. I think that like most people in the country, especially SEC fans, or, and who are like sometimes the loudest ones, or think, think about ACC with Florida State, Miami. Think they're going to be like, oh yeah, UCF's good now. I take that seriously. Yeah, right. Well, probably not. Yeah, but UCF's fun to make fun of though. Um. Okay. Uh, I got something. I got. Can we play videos on here? A thirty-second video. If we credit who it is. Yeah. I make graphics and a bunch of shit about the schedules. All right. Well, I'm going to share this with you. It angered me, Chris. It did. Uh, Here is Brady Quinn and his other colleague, who I don't know, talking about Florida State this year. And Noah, our producer, all these guys are going to be all hyped up for Florida State this year. Be careful now. That might be a train that's leading kind of nowhere and might run off the tracks as Clemson flies right by. One thing's in common with all these people hyping up Florida State. They all they all happen to go to Florida State. They all happen to graduate. There's no one outside of Florida State fans who actually think Florida State is is a part of this hype right now. They got to see it in order to believe it. And I think it's a fair thing to say. You saw how they finished the season. They have to go to the swamp to take on Florida. In Ooh, let's, let's talk yeah. about another S. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. let's talk about it. You've okay. Let me just tell you something. Yeah, sound off, dude. 
do these guys not like watch the actual sport no. where you have to look at returning talent? Florida State may have the most returning talent of anyone. They had one guy drafted and it was in the fifth round. Right. Everybody's coming back. They had a first round pick, potential uh, comeback. They've got one of the top three quarterbacks returning. And, and, you know, the, the first two are no doubt first round picks. I don't think Jordan Travis is that, but you've got one of the best college quarterbacks returning. You've got a weak ACC. Um, I would say really weak ACC. Yeah, really weak ACC. And by the way, there's no more divisions anymore. So even if Florida State loses to Clemson, they could still rematch them in the ACC championship game. Right. So I, by the way, people on their own network, like Josh Pate, that was CBS, by the way, and that was Brady Quinn's CBS show, have said that Florida State are contenders. So I don't think Josh Pate went to Florida State. People didn't think Florida State's a contender, and I didn't go to Florida State. Yeah, like, I don't know what Brady Quinn is talking about. I think he's still mad because he got beat 37-0 at home in South Bend to Florida State when he was in college. He's a do you really think that's what it is, or are you just trying to get a dig in? It's a little dig. <laughs> I, I, hey, Brady, if you want to come on the show, we, we could talk about it. We could talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, um, I do think that like it's in yet another um, – uh, sorry, this is this is our, our buddy Josh Hancher is going to come on and talk a little bit about the scheduling stuff. Um, I do think it's like a kind of sometimes like like when we talk about we used to talk about just the SEC and sometimes like I, I still get caught in that like that realm and like like I, I'm really excited for this year to like talk about other conferences and looking like like the Pac-12 and it's kind of like branching out and, and seeing like other traditions and stuff. I don't know how long the inherent bias I have against the Big Ten is probably going to stick around, but this is a guy that's like. His whole job is they cover Big Ten football and Big 12 football. They don't talk about the ACC ever. And the ACC is the worst conference in the Power Five. It's worse than the Pac-12. It is, it is like, I was looking at this, this weekend, even the teams that have made the college football playoff, like, there's there was, I think, 2018 or 2019, when, the like, the teams that Clemson played by the end of the year, like, in the, like, before the playoff, they didn't play a single ranked team. And that, that there's they continuously have like the lowest amount of, of like ranked opponents. It's, it's a very bad league. Florida state's good. Florida state beat LSU last year. And you know, damn well, LSU is getting blown up everywhere. Mike Bratton, my old coworker was on fine bomb last week. Talking about how LSU is going to win the national championship. How about Kirk Kirkstreet saying LSU is ahead of UGA right now? Well, he'd mentioned another team too, dickhead, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, which is crazy. And he also said the yeah. same exact thing last year. He's like when they got a chip on their shoulder and blah, blah, blah. This is, and that's just just what we need right now is somebody but, but like i feel like sometimes i feel like like john mcclain's wife like in die hard where it's just like can we just give it a fucking break though and just maybe this christmas we don't travel anywhere and like take a break from terrorism and then someone's like no i'm taking over the panda express at the mall we gotta make die hard for like stop gassing up georgia i didn't this is not a good example you know what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, look, and and I, some people have said it here in the chat, progress is rarely linear. Look at 2017 UGA. It took them four years to return to the playoffs. I get all that. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, yeah. but it's they, they've returned all of their best players, and they went out and they landed huge difference makers yeah. in the portal. Huge. I mean, people forget about the Jaheim Bell. Uh, Jaheim Bell, Keon Coleman, Two outstanding offensive pieces. Yeah. To add to Johnny Wilson, who's a six-seven freak. 
Trey Benson, who's an incredible thousand yard back last year. Right. It's the offense is going to be really good. I do have qu- questions about the defense, which is why I don't think they'll win a championship, but I think they're absolutely a contender. So, yeah. Well, and I also think too, that like the thing with, with FSU, it's, it's different than it used to be, which is I used to, I used to tune in to FSU games all the time just to cheer against them. I mean, right. it is like, that was like, that was like appointment viewing for me. I hated FSU. Um, FSU played their first game of the season last year against LSU on national television. And then it kind of just, I don't, you know, I don't remember watching that many games. You saw the Florida game. If, and if you haven't right. watched Jordan Travis, do yourself a favor and like, go, go watch like, just like a sped up version. I don't even say highlights. Watch a sped up version of the Florida game last year. He's incredible. Oh, He's incredible. And they like the whole point here though, they, they have to go to the swamp. When yeah. is the last time the swamp, Right. It, like well, I mean, it's been not that. Like it's, you know, it's not it's not it, like a, a super easy place to play. But like, let's right. not act like Florida is destined to be. I mean, they've Graham Merch as their quarterback as of right if, now. If Florida was going to be a nine win team this year, even an eight win team this year, then sure. And it's like a rivalry game. I just don't think they have the juice for that. And I think I I just think that Norvell's done a really good job of, of building that program. He's done it the right way, and, and it was a, a lot of a uh, lot of obstacles he had to overcome. Oh, I, absolutely. I yeah, it was a bad, bad pick though. Um, okay, so so in the chat here we got FSU is on the right track, but having an eight or nine win season wouldn't be a failure. I disagree with that. I think That's it would a failure. be because let's look at the schedule. Yeah. Just like any ACC schedule, they they did they've got LSU, who I guess this has number seven, um, but and then they've got at Clemson. It's a two game schedule. Look at everybody else: Southern Miss at BC, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. Duke, who is granted a, a nine win season last year. Yeah, but like you should beat them at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Wake Forest has traditionally been a terror for Florida State for some reason. They can't beat Wake recently. Hopefully that'll they, change. They lost Sam Hartman, who's the all time career touchdown leader. Like, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, you should win that game, especially if you're the team that you think you are. At Pitt, but Pitt's always a solid team. But again, if you're a contender, you should win that game. Um, Miami got crushed last year at Florida, you know. So I think if they lose or if they win eight games, I'd be very disappointed. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that September, look, if Florida State goes 4 0 in September, they will be the most talked about team on television. They will have beaten LSU and gone to Clemson and won. No awesome. other team in the country at that point will have had those two types of wins. So it's going to be a fun year. Hopefully no, they don't no, 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 no. Georgia, Georgia gets who they they get. Georgia's uh, schedule is awful. They get UT Martin, <laughs> and then I think they have UT Darton, which is different. Uh, um, D four, yeah, D four, D D's D's nuts four. They like no, I don't think it's a bad take. I really don't. I think I think that I mean I'm, it's good to see you all fired up and pissed off about something and somebody disrespecting your school. Yeah, I do think there are. There's a lot of interesting. I did so many deep dives this weekend, and there's so many interesting things that I think like I'm just getting excited for the season because we're less than 100 days, and there's so many things I think that are going to factor into this year because it's so hard to keep up with. I don't know anything about Rail or Transfer to Buford. Herman Brown, that was uh, my favorite game ever, and I think that includes any championship game. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> that, was Clemson, that Clemson broke the, the noise record. For whatever reason, there was a – I saw this on TikTok earlier, and then, of course, I saw it from Unnecessary Reference posted it later. Like any of them, I, I just had a hard time believing that that squad was super fired up for the 2012 National Championship game. Um, yeah. But they were showing that entrance to the stadium from 
Bama against Notre Dame, where like I was so fucking amped, and they were like they're just twice the size of every player, and then Blake Sims just come by doing the suck it sign to all of them as the last <laughs> one in the locker room. But that and that the Florida State thing were the best. I I, yeah. I do think that like going into this year, there's there's so many contributing factors of like of like scheduling and stuff that. The ACC, like you said, is like weak, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things to like about Florida State. They could lose. Think, think about this: they lose to say they lose to LSU in a close game, like the, the game last year, mm-hmm. and they beat Clemson on the road. And Clemson does what they do, and they win ten games. And they're still ranked. They'll play again in the ACC championship game, and they beat him again. Oh yeah, yeah. You're telling me one loss to LSU. So let's say LSU ends up having a, a good season, you know, right. ten win season, something like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're gonna. Of course, they're gonna be in. I, I don't I mean we'll have to see what happens in the rest of the the country. I, I do yeah. I do worry about the Big Ten getting two teams in again because Penn State's going to be good. And ugh, anyway, but so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the well. What's is that cool in the next segment? What do we? Have yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right. So next this segment. is the thing I was like most fired up before about this weekend, and it is talking about expansion and talking about what happened with the the scheduling issue at SEC spring meetings. I saw all the reactions and stuff like that, and I'm obviously going to be defensive. I, I had this thought in the back of my mind, and then Josh Pate said it last night. Um, we need to get Josh Pate back on. Yeah. But he said it last night, and I was like, yes, I'm not crazy. I think this is a good idea. All of the all of this stuff, about, and, and we're going to bring a dog stats on here um, in a second as well, Josh Hancher. Um we, him and I were arguing about this. Uh, we were arguing about this all weekend because the whole idea of moving to nine games it absolutely makes sense. Like from a logistical standpoint, and, and playing the nine and blah blah blah. Just hear me out here for a second. And this is not because Bama's playing eight. There are nine teams in this conference that voted against playing an eight or nine game schedule. There was one. There was one that it got pinned on about being scared and about blah blah blah. And and I and I so I did what I always that do. That comes with the territory, huh? That comes with the territory, though. Yo, but like, what was amazing was watching Tennessee Tennessee fans talk shit on social media about how Bama being scared to set up this nine game schedule, and then and then like it took like a day to realize it's like hold up, y'all were in the same fucking boat. Y'all <laughs> the same thing. So like what I'm saying is like the, the eight game schedule versus nine game schedule, it makes sense a thousand percent. But here's the thing, and we'll bring. I'm gonna. I don't know if I should bring Josh on now or after I'm done with my rant because we just keep disagreeing on this as much as I love the guy. But like the whole thing, if you, everyone assumes, everyone assumes, well, just play the schedule, and if you win ten games, like every, there's gonna be so many SEC teams that get in. Do we know that? All of this is an assumption, right? Unless you're Georgia, I don't want to hear anything about what you should be scared of or who you should play and blah blah, blah because. Georgia's the best team in the country right now, and they could play the fucking Cowboys if they wanted to, and they'd probably still beat them by 30. So, like, but every other team has a very real concern coming in when you add teams like Texas and Oklahoma. And and here's why. The reason why all this happened in like in the past, and and like because I know that everyone thinks this is like some it should have just been automatic. Why would they not immediately go to this? The reason behind it is we're talking about in 2024, where Several teams, Georgia and Bama, may, and mainly, have taken it upon themselves before that Texas and Oklahoma were added 
to go out and start scheduling all these non-con games. They just started grabbing up all these different non-con games because Power 5 opponents, we talk about Florida State. Wisconsin and Florida State uh, were announced in 2019 that Alabama was going to play them in the year 2025. In the next 10 years after 2025, starting in 2025, Alabama has scheduled, and Georgia did the same thing, two Power 5 opponents minimum every single year in nine of the next 10 years. Now, that's awesome. Like, that, that's fun. You play Oklahoma, you play, you know, they're not in the SEC, but you play Ohio State, Notre Dame, West Virginia. Those are fun matchups. Like, those are really fun matchups. They did this before they announced Texas and Oklahoma were coming in. You have to go to a nine-game schedule. I want to show you. How do I bring up a picture? Uh, click on present. Got Slides? It. No. I hate this. Share screen. No. It'll give you it'll give you an option of what you want to share. Okay. Well, I don't want to share any of it. Um oh boy. Well, I don't, you don't want to show don't the picture have it open yet. I just was gonna like plug it into the thing. No, just have it open as a hold thing. on. Go to Twitter real quick. Go to Twitter real quick. I'll, I'll send you the link. I don't know how to, I, I I thought you could just add, why can't you just add a, a photo and let it do that? Um oh here, I can do this. I can do this. Hold on. Anyway, let's God, let's is... bring in Josh. Josh is watching okay. around with all this stuff. What's up, dude? Hey, dude. <laughs> All right, don't say a word out of your stupid mouth about you being wrong and your opinions yet. Um, okay, here it is. Here it is. So this would be, for instance... <laughs> Good. Can't see any of us now. <laughs> this would be an example of the schedule that would, would take place in a nine-game conference schedule. And I just threw out the year 2028 when Alabama plays Ohio State and Oklahoma State. Now, again, the reason this is an issue, when you look at future scheduling... It's real easy to think like, yeah, maybe they'll just throw these away and, 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 you know, they won't, they can just cancel these down the road. But there's only four teams in the conference this is going to affect. Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina are the only other teams in the SEC that have consistently scheduled two Power 5 opponents in each year for the next five years starting in 2025. Now, what do those teams have in common? Three of the four have a built-in rivalry against an in-state power five opponent so it makes sense this is more exciting like like I, I playing oklahoma state playing ohio state and then playing this gauntlet i don't want to do that i'll say it like if that if, that, if that's a scared thing i'm kind of fine with it like that's i that doesn't seem fun to me and and i've always said this too i don't give a shit if if like bama plays mercer twice because i want to win i want to win every year I, that's that's just how i feel I'm but going back games for you, uh, Huck. What's that? <laughs> I said we're some garnet for you tonight. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> but going <laughs> nine games and playing just the conference schedule, there's a massive difference from conference to conference of how that's going to impact people. And in the SEC, we have enough arrogant fans, as much as I love them, that think, well, as long as you have these many wins, this is going to get so many teams in. So many teams. I got news for you guys, man. Like the Big Ten. They have, they have a lot of good national brands, and, and as Josh is about to tell you, that conference schedule is dominated by very select few teams. So getting a new nine-game schedule on top of that—that's a fucking nightmare. But even if it's not the nine-game schedule, and you just played plus, you played one Power Five team and whatever else, wouldn't it not be better for college football as a sport to have an eight-game conference schedule and then schedule two? Power five non-conference games like that, where you go, you have Georgia going to Ohio State, you have Bama going to to Notre Dame, you have Florida State going like 
UCLA, all over the country, and and having and then, and then you have like, as long as you're doing home and homes. It's all like that's my only bitches you know i'm so glad florida state's going to tuscaloosa and to athens yeah. and vice versa like the the lsu in new orleans and, t- and orlando is so stupid to me right yeah, like we're on the tail end college of that, games. which is like the thing for a long time right play, play college games on college campuses that's right absolutely and and uh you know first off my my thing about disappointment in the sec not going by the way harry what's up thank you for the shout out i can't do chat because i don't have an account so Next time, if I do this again, I'll, I'll log in and get an account so I can jump in the chat. But um, my biggest complaint or about the SEC staying at eight is honestly strictly as a Georgia fan and strictly because between yep. the cocktail party and, um, you know, just it's a can be terrible home schedule for, you know, this year. I mean, like everyone's, you know, everyone's, you know, poking holes and making fun of Georgia's schedule. But obviously – those that want to actually understand what's going on, Oklahoma was on the schedule this year, and, and right. the SEC made him cancel it. So, um, yes, for, about it? like I'm allowed to fuck shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like Georgia needs another like home game, you know, or or I mean, like a subject for another day would be to to bring the cocktail party to home and home. But right. that's a story for another day. But no, I mean exactly. I mean, like the stat I dug around, and, and Marla and I have been going back and forth, just digging through these numbers and sat around all weekend and scraping data off different sites for 10 years. But the Ohio state has a 93% in conference winning percentage over the last decade. So and seven. Yeah. 93%. Now as good, as good as Alabama has been, I mean, Alabama is clearly the gold standard. They're only at 89%, which is still right. ridiculous, but they're winning national championship. So where's, so, so everyone's saying like, Ohio State's playing or the Big Ten's playing nine games, but what's that ninth game get you? It's not, it doesn't get you like Penn State and, you know, Wisconsin. It gets you Indiana, Illinois, or Purdue. I mean, Purdue can be good and some of the, and Indiana's had a blip in the, you know, in the last 10 years, but it doesn't guarantee, just adding a ninth game doesn't guarantee uh, that that game is more valuable than, like you're saying, scheduling even even a neutral site. You know, they're going to still be there, Huck. I know that I, I'm right there with you. I, I'd love to see all college games played on college campuses except for the championship game. But, you know, yeah, exactly. It doesn't guarantee you a better schedule. You can, And I've been throwing out stats all day long about, yeah, sure, the SEC is playing eight games, but they're dominate. the bottom half of the SEC is dominating all the entire Big Ten in bowl games. And Georgia has the most out-of-conference – wins against ranked opponents since 2013 so it's like you can it's just it's just twitter so it's not a big deal but it's like you know just say yeah exactly just and it's fine you know the sec stayed at eight they're gonna take some heat but it doesn't it's it's it doesn't mean that that they're not hiding from anybody i mean and 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 the one can you know the concession that i would make to, to chris and i think some other people may maybe Graham has made it is like yeah it's like some of these teams that voted against it are just trying to get some bowls some bowl eligibility which is fair you know because yeah, yeah you know for for Mississippi State or South Carolina or Vanderbilt let us throw out Vanderbilt they're they're not going to be on the edge of not anymore bowl. especially they had five wins well, last year yeah but you throw in you know yeah you throw in a, and they, they catch an LSU or they catch a Florida when they you know could have been scheduling you know a, a uab which is a good program i mean that's nothing against uab but you know a group of five game would be more valuable to them I mean, and a group of five versus a lower tier sec that has juice too you know right I mean, well, I- here, here's my thing too is with this new playoff that's coming 
like the SEC still being the toughest conference, like you could you could still fill in a Patsy game with another top tier team and lose that game and still make the playoff because right. you're still the strong conference. Even if you have a two loss Georgia or a two loss Alabama, they're gonna get over in over a, a one loss, you know, Big Twelve team. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know, I just, all that's an assumption though. And, and here's the other thing too about the meetings that everyone failed to understand is like what, what I originally was trying to do was argue until I was blue in the face for sure. But also like the fact that like most of the reasons behind why there would be any dragging of the feet, there's some teams that would like the bowl games. Greg Byrne, Alabama's AD flat out said, if you're going into 2024, like there's a, like, there's a select few teams, obviously in the conference where the goal is to win the national championship or play for the national championship every year. And, and Alabama's in that boat. If you don't have all the criteria ironed out for what each resume is going to be, like like what they're going to be looking at on each resume, which they don't have, and they've said they don't have, for the college football playoff, why the fuck would you go into scheduling harder opponents and being like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Oh, we're sorry. You, you, you wanted it. Like Jerry in Tennessee, you wanted it to go to nine games. So let's do that. So Because like, it's great for the fans. It's great for the fans. And I think I can clearly see... If I'm like, you know, like being objective, like what each fan base, where they're coming from with what, like the complaints or the, what they're saying, Georgia, for one, not scared of anybody, will play anybody. They played seven great teams last year and they beat the dog shit out of them by 46 points a game. Also, those fans are really tired of not having any good home games. So, of course, they want to see like nine conference games because they're not scared of any of that. If, if, I know, I add, if I add a little context to that, no good home games, the fact that the Tennessee versus Georgia game was, I think people said, and with a good argument, that that might have been the, the biggest game that Sanford has ever seen. That's sad. You know, I mean, right. because, you know, that, and it's because you're taking, you know, number one, we've diluted it, diluted the schedule with adding teams. And number two, you know, Florida, which has been a dominant team for the last, you know, a, a good team in the last 20 years, never played, never came to Athens. Sorry. Right. Sorry, Huck, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, so, no, no, you're, I, I think the Florida has actually failed to leave the state of Florida to play an out of conference game since like 1991. So the first time they have left the state in the opening weekend will be this year when they go to Utah. And also, I don't know who made their schedule. You have to give them credit and tip of the cap because they've they've gone out of their way to schedule some teams. I don't know why that who, <laughs> Billy Napier is that that is going to be tough because they are yeah. whoever did that was out of his mind. But you know, so the the main point I'm trying to say is like you have you have people that want to see these games because it is better. It's more fun. Like, like I get that there's bigger games, but what's going to happen in my opinion is if you're, if you're dragging your feet on, why do we, we don't know the criteria to get into the national championship. Then I'm not trying to schedule a more difficult. I'm not trying to schedule a more difficult like schedule for myself. For one, if, if we don't know what it's going to take to get in there yet, if you're guaranteeing a nine, one season, like Notre Dame got to have like Notre Dame had a, a guaranteed bid into a BCS every single year as long as they get to 10 wins. No one else has a benchmark like that in the college, in college world at all. But like, if you're in the big 10, of course you want the sec to play more games. And the reason why like that whole, there's the twofold and, and I'm getting like on the soapbox and like, and Josh and I are going to do a separate video about this later this week and kind of get like into all of the nitty gritty with the, with the numbers, but there's two arguments that the big 10 consistently makes and people make against the sec. And it's, they don't, they don't play it's top heavy. Right. And, and then the other part is, in the they, in week thirteen, they play the cupcake schedule, right? So I went and looked at like the best team in the Big Ten, obviously, which is Ohio State. And you look at how many ranked teams they've had against, you know, playing in their conference games. Ohio State has played eighty nine games 
against Big Ten opponents in the regular season and or Big 12 champion or Big Ten championship game in the last decade. Only 28% of those games have been against ranked opponents. Now you look at Georgia, on the other hand, and their conference games, they're playing 43% of their opponents in the SEC are ranked. You don't, when's the last time you ever watched an SEC championship game and one of the teams wasn't ranked? Because Michigan got to do that last year. And I've heard nonstop how it's like, well, you get to rest. We're going in. Northwestern think, was in it the COVID year, right? Yeah, and they were ranked. Yeah. But like, and, and here's the other thing, too. You talk about like being top heavy or the parity and stuff like that in, in each team or each, each um, uh, conference. Ohio State, who, again, 82-7, and seven, best of any team in their conference in the entire country. They're playing teams that have – they have the most teams in the country out of any conference – that's under 40% winning percentage in the entire country over the last 10 years. Most teams are like in the big 10, they, they are very bad at the bottom. They're not that great in the middle and Ohio state 26 games against ranked opponents. 22 of them are the same four teams. It's not like you're going in like to Oxford, what, Michigan, like, Wisconsin, right? There's Penn state. multiple times. Yeah. It's, it's exactly it. Michigan, yeah. Wisconsin, Penn State, and, and Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. And there's multiple years where you see the, the whole thing about the Week 13 thing. 20, or I'm sorry, 16 of, of, of Ohio State's 20 games in the regular season that are against ranked opponents came in the month of November. So when you look up, it's like, oh, man, how come Bama's playing Mercer and we have to play so-and-so? I don't know. What the fuck were you doing the first two months of the season? Like, there's multiple teams that have gone through Michigan did it two years ago where they didn't play a single ranked opponent until week 13. Imagine getting to play no ranked teams the first two months of the season. And then, and then as you're hitting stride as a team, then you get to play ranked opponents. That's all I'll say. Well, I mean, Michigan has played zero FCS teams in the last, since 2013. That's commendable, but, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not scheduling juggernauts. You know what I mean? You know, they played Colorado State, Hawaii, you know, last year. I mean, it's just like they're not playing. I mean, they they played Florida in a neutral over that time period. I think they went one and one. They played right. Notre Dame. I think they're 0 and 2 versus Notre Dame. So, I mean, sure, they're, they're scheduling. I don't remember them playing about Florida. When was it that? It was in 2017. Was, yeah, 2016, 2015, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, dude, they both kind of sucked at that time, probably. Yeah, it was it was a big game because it was national brands in a neutral site in a in an early game. Oh, that's right. That was the opening weekend that Florida State Bama was. I remember watching yeah. that tailgating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's like, so, but you got to win those games, and it's like you know I'll go back to it. That I was stunned. I was stunned. I mean, granted, I mean we've it's back. It's front heavy or front loaded, if you will. But yeah, Georgia has more wins against out of conference ranked opponents over this period than it, Alabama's four and zero. Georgia's six and two. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't know what they, you know, anybody wants to take shots at the SEC. It's just like, you're, you're, you're crazy. You know, one of the, and Florida state's right there uh, again is, has got five wins or yeah, five, they're five and six, but, but also they're, they're they, they benefit from the fact that Florida and Florida state have been good. ranked. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And Georgia oh, tech, yeah. Georgia tech, actually one of those losses was a Georgia tech ranked team. Um, um, that, 2013. That's right. Yeah, and and you're not everyone takes shots at Georgia because you know Georgia Tech, but that's that team has won a championship, <laughs> not in the. I mean, yes, it's kind of ancient, but they played in the uh, in the ACC championship. That team is not guaranteed to be a doormat forever. So, well, well I don't. Uh, I mean, but but you're 
it's commendable. You're, I mean, you're right either way. The other thing is this, like, we we were saying this last night, and I was like trying to. I got into like like a rabbit hole, and I convinced myself I was like, oh my god, I think Bam was a fraud. And like some of the numbers that I had somehow <laughs> crunched, like upon crunch upon crunch. But like Ohio State, as much as we give like the Big Ten, like we don't give them a lot of credit. Like the Ohio State's done a, arguably a better job of scheduling non-conference opponents and playing difficult teams than anyone in the country. And, and like I, I will give the Big Ten its roses right now and say that like or flowers or whatever that phrase is, like. When you look at top to bottom, the amount of FCS opponents, right? The SEC has played the most. They've played almost double the amount that that the Big Ten has. The Big Ten's only played sixty six, right? Like it's there's only four. I'm sorry, five teams in the entire country who have played two or less FCS opponents over the last ten years, and three of them are in the Big Ten: Michigan, Penn State, and, and Ohio State, and, and two of them are about to be USC and UCLA, and that is commendable. But when you look at all the other teams. Like when you're when I, I say this as a joke a lot, but now looking at the numbers, if if I'm getting to go trade out a September of Texas on the road or Clemson at Charlotte or or you know like Tennessee open with like West Virginia a couple of years ago or whatever, and then in October of playing like like you know three top twenty teams in a row because I get to, and I get to wait till November to play fucking Michigan state at home. Like, like it's a, that we talk about a two game season. Most of those are a two game season. Hey, don't uh, knock Mich- the Spartans. Don't knock the Spartans. <laughs> Mich- Michigan over this time. I keep going 2013 because that's 10 years. Michigan over that time is four and seven versus ranked out of conference opponents, including postseason. Uh, they have as many wins as Northwestern over ranked opponents over that time period. Um, I mean, and, you know, Auburn and Iowa's three and four and, you know, overall it's, it, they're just, the big 10 is mid after, I mean, the, everyone talks about the, the SEC being top heavy. I mean, it's Ohio state and nobody else. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's so abundant looking at these that, that, yeah, that Ohio state probably is the only one that can take shots, but they're not backing it up. I mean, they're, they're Ohio state is where that stack go. They're, Three and two in conference versus out of conference regular season, and then if you include bowl season, they are ten and seven. They're fifty eight, you know, yeah. fifty nine percent, you know, win percentage. So I mean, they're not, they're they're beatable, um, and they use and that is proven over the last you know six years. They just can't get they, over the hump. They played like like and again like Ohio State is is the is a team that like deserves credit on this, but like I get again. I guess just like in summation with all this, and I, I hope y'all tune in. We have to figure out when we're going to set it up, and I got to make a bunch more graphics because it really was like a, a fascinating deep dive to look at all this stuff. Because the Big Ten and the SEC, I know they're going to combat and go head to head all the time. And and I think as of now, it's easy to say the SEC is a, the better team. I know the Big Ten get, or a better conference. The Big Ten is doing a lot of good things to like create more parity, and I think Wisconsin being back is going to be great. But the West is a joke. It's been awful. It, like way, like even even worse than the SC East, I think. But like when you talk about going into the next like several years, and and Michigan is going to leave the state in the month of September for the first time in three or four years, and it's the last day of this, the year to go play at four and eight Nebraska from last year. Like I, I I hate that. And and here's the last thing: no one fucking asked you to go play nine games. The entire the entire idea that it's like some like macho alpha what the fuck hardo shit if you play nine games. Peter Burns brought up the other day. There's been zero national champions that have come from a nine team 
conference nine uh, conference was a nine game conference schedule. Ohio State played eight that year. In in 2014, Ohio State played. Eight. I, know, I know, I know, I know, but it's still like every it, it, the, his tweet to me. I interpreted it as that. Yeah, it, you're a detriment to making the playoff when a nine game uh, conference champion has been in there every year. Half the years they've a, a nine game conference has played in the national championship game, and that goes with about fifty percent of the conferences. So it's a mis- I think that's I found that st- I found that stat a little misleading. That's fair. That's um, a good point. But, it, but so, the main point of it, and I said this in my video that was making fun of, of, of some of the situation on, on Friday or like on, on our social media, no one fucking asked you to play nine games. Okay, so like if you are a fan of another conference and you're listening right now or you're a, a, a AD or whatever, if you're worried about playing eight or you complain about it, go play eight. They, go play seven. We don't fucking they, care. Play whatever. They got, Chris, they got to have those games. Because who right. is Rutgers, Indiana, Illinois going to schedule that anybody's going to watch? Right? No one's going to. I mean, if they go, if they if they don't get an extra Big Ten team to come to their house and go and and go on the road, they're they're it's they're they're trash. I mean, unless yeah. unless everybody goes eight and we start really, you know, and it, I mean, even then, if you go get Vanderbilt versus Illinois, no one's going to watch that. They need those games, and that's, that's what it is. Like you got to start making I mean, it worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, like, but, I, shirtless on, I would watch that, and and that's precisely why one of the reasons they didn't go to nine was for the money. And SEC realizes an SEC conference game is worth money, right? right? And that's and that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. They wanted more money from their SEC deal for that ninth game. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know if if that's the case. Then you know, I don't expect you know teams to start scheduling you know big you know like you know if Clemson. And, I mean, I'm sorry. South Carolina is they're only out of a conference game. Uh, Power Five team over this decade has been Clemson. Same with Kentucky. It's only been Louisville. Uh, I'm sorry, that was true, like road a, game. true road, road yeah. game. True road. We'll game, get into like, I mean, there's like a ton of numbers we'll bring up. And we we like Josh and I had like the. But I mean, I think I had the best time looking all up. We're gonna we'll schedule a, a time to do all that. We gotta get. I guess Dan's gonna get pissed because we're we're over an hour. Right. Um, but it's fascinating stuff, and I think it, it's it's stuff that's like not just off season like fodder. I think it's stuff that's like could impact the future of the game because last like I like college football, and one of the things I've always said about it is the season is precious, and I use that exact word because if, if growing up, if you lost a game, you were done. Like there was you, you had a very difficult chance, and, and maybe that's not what everyone wants. But I also don't think everybody wants a two twenty two twenty four team conferences where somebody's going to go pull like a, a 2007 New York giants and like a nine and seven team is going to somehow run the table. We're not going to see a Cinderella story like that in college football. It's just not going to happen. Josh, tell everyone what they can find you. Uh, yeah. I'm on the Twitter a bunch at dog stats. Um, and uh, yeah, I love, ch- you know, looking at stats and throwing up numbers of Hey, if you got something you want me to research for you, I've done all this stuff. So be happy oh, to yeah. do it. Jump in the comments with, with me and Marla or whatever. And, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun um, and to kill some summer off time that I've got with you guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, keep finding the good soon. fight. Keep finding the good fight. College football games on college football campuses. That's, yeah. I mean, God, ooh, a playoff game on campus. Yeah. Be fun. Be be, I like, I mean, yeah. like, uh, dude, I can go on and on about this if you guys have <laughs> yeah, we will. I want to do a home and home versus cocktail party thing. Uh, at some point, I want to hear what you uh, your listeners that, have to say. I would that. definitely that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, All right, thanks yeah. you guys. I'll let you guys wrap it up. See you, dude. Thanks.
so yesterday I'm talking to he's great. Yesterday we're talking yeah. to him about uh about these numbers. And you know how I get? I guess I, I was like so excited, so I'm going through all this different stuff, and like I'm I've got like my notebook out, and I'm like writing stuff in it. And like you watched it, huh? The notebook. Never mind. I watched it twice in theaters. Um. So as like I'm, I'm like telling him I'm like, what if we did this? And he's like. I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I have to go look up this on this site, this, and I'll write it all down like I always do in pencil because I'm an idiot. And and like three minutes later, he comes back with like a full list, like just he pulled everything. And I was like, what is this? Apparently, all the sites we've both been using, you can just do that. You don't have to just write down all the data like an idiot. You can just put it into like an Excel sheet. And he created all this like very quickly. So, um, Learned a lot this weekend. Learned a lot this weekend. Um, all right. Well, that was uh, a great segment. We've got a couple more that we got to hit. Maybe we'll do them rapid fire. Yeah, we could, we could, or we can just, we don't have to necessarily. I mean, like, what's the, what's the next segment? Fan speak? Eh, we can wait. <laughs> all right. Uh, why don't we do some? Be fun. Send, us, send us your tweets of your favorite responses to people. Um, from from what you see on social media about college football all week, and or or, or, or like uh, coaches and, and players, what they said, because I just think it'd be fun to 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 finally switch up from the coach speak to the fan speak. All right, well then, last thing we'll talk about here, just real quickly, thoughts on the announcement of the Florida Netflix documentary. Oh yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I I'm like, like what angle gonna... do you think they're gonna take? Like, do you think they're gonna kind of largely be like? this was a team full of just massive pieces of shit. Yeah. They had success, but really they were just pieces of shit. I, it's going to make, like, except for Tebow, who was like, yeah, Jesus like figure. Um, I, I get like, ever since the Bama rush doc came out, which was dog shit. Yeah. I um, was disappointed by that. So disappointed. And it was like, and it was weird because the director really made it about herself and her hair. And I'm with you, girl. I, I mean, so I, I shaved mine too. So I was like, um, but like, I worry that because the, the documentaries are really hard to make. I, I just, it, it, it's crazy that we have so many of them. I hope they don't focus only on her, Aaron Hernandez because there was multiple felons on that team. Yeah. Not murderers, but felons. I, the Riley Cooper stuff happened after college, but he seems to be pretty prominent in their promotions with it. Also where I used to live. The Pouncy Twins. Pouncy Twins were awful. Like I mean, there was Chris Rainey, Time to Die, bitch, which you forgot about, but that happened. Like I remember, like before Tebow even got there, in his first four years, they were saying how they had twenty six arrests, which was by far the most in the SEC. And 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 that that one player was using a a stolen gas card, and it was it was from his a dead person, a dead person, which is like solid move. I mean, like with gas card, this economy, no, like, yeah. but like, there's so many different things you could bring up, and like, Urban Meyer. It's possibly since Aaron Hernandez is dead, Urban Meyer is possibly now, from his own doing, the least likable person on of the entire thing. Right. I, I just hope they like get into every. I hope it's seventeen hours of every detail imaginable, and fans are going to be pissed. It's going to be great. I, I like there. There were other stories that we're forgetting about too. I think there was didn't some guy like sneak into a. Uh, like a tow place and like steal his car back or something like that. <laughs> I, Operation I, Repo on True TV. I will have to look I that mean, up. Was that guy's name Tony Joyner? Well, I do. I do familiar? think that like oh, that does sound familiar. What What's kind of crazy about it is that like Saban ended Urban Meyer's like run 
early, and then he and he left. But that oh. four years with Tebow, and even before that, like they were oh. so good, and they, they they were like they were so dominant, and like they oh man, and, and I, they really were. Dude, Tony Joyner murdered somebody. Huh? Tony Joyner murdered somebody. He is in jail for 25 years for murdering someone. (laughs) Add another one to the list. He was on the 2016. He killed killed the mother of his children. That's. that's I mean, I'm not even laughing about that. This just happened. You're laughing about it. I'm watching you laugh about it right now. May 8th, 2023. It hit. That was this year? Well, he murdered her in 2016, but he just got convicted. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. And, and Herman Brown, it comes out in August. That's the, that's the other best part that I like about this. It comes out in Jesus. August, which is like right leading up to the, the season. So it's going to be fucking awesome. Like, it, we're going to be so hyped. But why, if you murder somebody in 2016, why does it take seven years for you to go away? Dude, this is crazy. Tony Joyner, I probably haven't thought of his name in yeah. literally since 2006. This happened today. Breaking news, June 5th. Former... University of Florida football player Tony Joyner was sentenced to 25 years in prison for the murder of a Fort Myers mother in 2016. That that happened today. Do you think that's kind of like, crazy, right? Kind of like planned part of like the release of like the doc, like just sort of. Oh yeah, nice promo. All right. This well, I'm like, disappointed we're not doing our fake bowl names. This is the end of the pod here. Oh, uh, I, I forgot about the, fake bowl names. Well, we had so much. Cr- we can do fake bowl names. I'm in. Well, I just wanted to mention the Krispy Kreme donut bowl, and you okay. just the the two fattest coaches. It, no matter the record, those are the two okay. teams that play each other. So even if like, uh, like Mark Mangino's back and he's coaching Notre Dame and they're undefeated, they don't get to play in yeah. the championship game. They have to play in the Krispy Kreme Donut Bowl against Brett Bielema in Illinois. Okay. Or whoever okay. has to be the fattest that year. You know, some people yeah. lose weight. You get up. It's like you know, you go up in class. Like it's soccer. It's like Ooh. so. That's, I like that. I so yeah. The whole purpose of this we were gonna do um because the, the the it was sadly we announced that. I don't want to get political, but like in Biden's economy, we have now lost 50% of the cheese it bowls in the postseason for college football. Right, we lost baby. one of the cheese it bowls. They still have another one. It's unconfirmed which one that one is. I think it's just the cheese it bowl, not the. I'm going to miss Prince Chedward. I'll, t- I'll say that much. That's pretty good. That's actually really good. Prince Chedward? You haven't seen Prince Chedward? No. All right. Chetty Williams? That's, I, I, now I'm just going to do cheese puns all night. No. Because um, I, I, like they, they replaced it with the Pop Tart Bowl. Which is, I think, awesome because, like, I just and I, you know what they should do with the Pop Tart Bowl instead of coming out for like pregame and stretching and like any sort of that shit, they should theme it around. <laughs> that's fucking terrifying. They should theme the Pop Tart Bowl around exactly like the kids that consume their product, and and like every single player has to wake up like five minutes before homeroom or or kickoff and just sprint out the door of their single parent home grab a chocolate frosted or a strawberry frosted Pop-Tart and then and go play. You get a pop quiz. Like that's, that's every person that had Pop-Tarts ever. Just Pop-Tarts are so good. They are. All right, boys. That's the end of the yes. show. As, and girls, as always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. It would really help us and the growth of the show. If you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, yeah. leave a review. We will read the best reviews on air every week. This will be segmented out now. And like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, don't forget to check out the SDS podcast weekly with Connor O'Gara 
And again, congrats to him on being a new father. Check out all our videos and clips from this show. What are the socials, Chris? On social media at Sat Down South on Twitter, also on our TikTok, on our Facebook, um, or not really our Facebook, our YouTube channel still, um, and then also Instagram as well. So I had some had some really fun stuff coming up for that. Yes. So for Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.